Well, good morning. Good morning to all of you here in the fellowship hall. It's good to worship with you this morning. Good morning to those of you over in the in the worship center. Uh, so glad to have us gathered here together via video for the preaching and teaching of the Word of God this morning. If you were one of our guests, a very, very special welcome to you. My name is Paul Jimenez, pastor here, and at the second hour, we join together two rooms uh, for our preaching time. So we are so very, very glad you're here. I hope to meet you in our guest services area out in our welcome center. You come on out if you're one of our guests this morning, and we'll be glad to give you a little gift bag, and I can't wait to see who you are and to welcome you here. A couple of announcements uh, as we have just given our tithes and our offerings to the Lord here in this room. I believe you have in the other room as well. Take note in the bulletin uh, at the top on the back page, I believe it is, is just a reminder of our end of year giving time. Remember, we're in a 12 for 12 challenge, and we're almost near the end of that challenge now where for 12 weeks we've been asking people to give a little bit extra every single week and to help us really finish well in the area of giving. So in, uh, on your bulletin there, at the top, it reminds you of how you can give as we come to the end of the year, because here's the reality. Many of you, we won't see your faces again, perhaps until 2017 as you leave here uh, and then head to uh, family, or you're just going to be gone next weekend, next Sunday. And so we wanted to include that so you can be faithful in your giving. Our church office is open till 5 o'clock on Friday the 30th. You can postmark anything by December the 31st. Some of you do that. You just mail that in. Online is an incredibly easy way to give as well up until uh, December the 31st. And uh, so, uh, and next week, we, we are going to be here next week. We are going to worship together Christmas Eve at 4, Christmas Day, 11 o'clock, the Lord's Day. What a great day to worship the newborn king on his day, Sunday at 11 o'clock as well. But I just wanted to um, let you know that this is how you can give. And we pray, please be faithful. Please be faithful and generous all the way to the end of 2016, which brings me to just one more announcement before we pray and go to the Word, and that is at the beginning of 2016, um, it was our heart that we would begin another modern worship service at 9 o'clock. So I'm here today speaking directly to you modern worshipers and for really the whole body as well. And it's hard to believe that we have been worshiping in this room for four years now. Can you believe that? Four years, what a beautiful space and what a beautiful place to worship him. It was our heart to perhaps launch a second service here, but as the year progressed and as we simply evaluated every aspect of church life and the effect that an, another service at 9 o'clock would have on our church body, just not on you, the modern worshipers, and on our life groups, but the whole body. We decided, you know what, this isn't the wisest thing to do. And that was uh, not long ago that we decided that, a few weeks ago rather. And so we just wanted to make sure that we were clear with you that it was our heart to do that. We brought it before the Lord. The Lord said no. And we said, okay, okay, we'll continue to be faithful in how you have given us such remarkable worship places and spaces here at Taylor's First Baptist Church. So on we go into 2017 in that light. So will you pray with me right now as we come before the word in both rooms and then uh, Luke chapter 1. Father, as we turn now to your scripture, would you indeed quiet our hearts before you? We know it's your Holy Spirit that wrote the word and gives us the word. 
And it is your Holy Spirit that intercedes for us and is praying for individuals right now before the throne of, before your throne. And so, Father, we pray that that intersection of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and our hearts, there is something incredible that takes place. There is an explosion of your power in hearts. There's challenge and conviction. There's compassion and encouragement. Lord, these are your people. Would you do amazing things, Father, through this time? It is your church. It is your time. We give it to you and ask for your grace now in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Luke chapter 1 this morning, and um, this is a, a wonderful beginning to our Christmas time together. Really, we'll be in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter uh, 2 over uh, our Christmas Eve and Christmas services, and then on into January 1st as well. But Luke doesn't begin his Christmas story with Joseph and Mary and with Jesus and the wise men and the shepherds. Luke begins his Christmas story with this couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. And one of the, uh, some of the other gospels begin with John the Baptist. Luke's going to go one step further back and begin with John the Baptist, his parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And here's what we want to see today. And understand that God wants to speak to you who have unfulfilled hopes and desires this morning. This is what we're going to see in this couple. You know, yesterday I spent some time shopping, Christmas shopping. Actually, if I want to be completely honest with you, I spent a lot of time looking for a parking space. That was loads of fun. But once we made it into the mall, um, something just kind of captures your heart when you're shopping. You want to find the perfect gift, don't you? You, you want to make you want to make that individual happy, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, your wife, your son, your daughter, whoever it is. You want to make them incredibly happy. And so, um, yesterday I, I split off with my my son, and my daughter was with my wife. And so my son and I were looking for my wife, and we were going to a couple of stores, and we want to get this right. So we we took some pictures of what we were uh, we were thinking about getting, and we sent them to my daughter, and we kept asking, is this good? What do you think about that? Are you sure? I get on the phone. Are you sure about that? We want to get this right. You know, we want mom to be happy. And, and so we'll go to the extra trouble. We'll, we'll spend time in the parking lot. We'll spend time at another store. We'll look for another color, or we'll look for another brand name, or we'll look for another model. We'll go another day. We'll go Monday or Tuesday. We'll go through all of that extra effort to fulfill the heart's desires of those that we love. And here's the reality this morning. Some of you have walked into this church. If you're human, there's a bunch of you out there. You've walked into church and you're just hoping and you're wishing that God the Father would give that kind of extra time for your heart. Because you have unfulfilled hopes and desires and you're hurting this morning. Just like this couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. I don't know what it could be. Church this size, we've preached two hours this morning, three different rooms, different generations. I don't know what it could be. You could walk in this morning and 
There could be a hole in your heart because you know this week is going to be a tough, tough week. Let's be honest. There's relationships that are strained. You've been maybe divorced or um, you are in conflict or tension at home. And this week just makes it really, really awkward. And in your heart, you're trying to be faithful. You're trying to be honorable and good. But you're just praying, I wish God would resolve. I wish he would step in. I, I wish he would answer. I wish he would give relief for the environment I'm in at the office office. I, I, I feel like I'm captive. I feel like I can't move. I feel like I can't breathe. And I, I want God to come in and create space. And I want God to come in and, 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 and find me a new, a new place. For some of you, for some of you, it's a relationship. A relationship. Maybe you're longing for a husband or a wife or maybe to be married again. For some of you, it's children. You long to have children. Just like, just like Elizabeth here, you, you long to have a child and you can't. You, and it's the deepest desire of your heart, ladies, to do that, as we'll see in just a second. I, I don't know what it is this morning, but here's the reality. We walk in a week before Christmas and we know there is something, a relationship, an occupation, a career, a job. There's tension, there's strain. We're held captive, whatever it is, and you're asking, God, my hopes are these, my desires are these, and I wish you would spend that kind of extra time to speak to my heart this morning. Is that where you are? That's where this couple was, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they were a remarkable couple. And let's turn to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have your, your, uh, your scriptures this morning, we can make one available to you. In that room in there, there's one in the pew rack right in front of you. In this room, just raise your hand if you want a hard copy and we will give you that, okay? We will give you that copy. For others of you, you might just want to follow along on your digital device on your phone or your tablet, whatever it is. We'll have it on the screens, but there's just something about holding the word of God. You're going to need it because we're going to try and plow through this text this morning. But let's begin by reading Luke chapter 1. Verses 5 through 7 this morning, and here's what the Word of God says through Dr. Luke. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly and all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. All right, thought number one, if you're taking notes this morning, we'll put it on the screen, keep it up there for you, is this faithful people have unfulfilled hopes and hurts. It's just a reality. All the things that I just went through. Some of you are trying to be incredibly faithful to the Lord. You're trying to honor him. But here's the reality. Faithful people have unfulfilled hopes and hurts. You notice the detail that Dr. Luke goes through here. I like Dr. Luke. I like the detail. He, he's a, he likes history because he wants to be accurate with his account when he writes this gospel. I don't know very many doctors who are, who, who are kind of gray about things. I don't know about this. Doctors are what? Here's what your body is like. Here's what the problem is like. Here's what we do need to do to fix this. I love that confidence. I love that specificity. They're just, here, here's where we are. This is what Luke is like. I'm going to give you details. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present all these things to you so you know throughout the whole gospel. Even in Acts, as he writes Acts, it's detail, detail, detail. So here's the details he gives us this morning, that this couple was incredibly faithful. I don't think that you write, the Holy Spirit writes through Luke, like he says in verse 6, that they were righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all of the statutes and commandments. I don't believe that God writes that about someone who on the outside obeys all of the law, but on the inside really isn't humble before God. Because we know the two go together in God's eyes and to call someone walking blamelessly. They were righteous before him. I think they were faithful, a faithful, faithful couple. Zechariah was a priest. This was his job. He, he, would, he would go to the temple. Maybe he did something else. I don't know. But he, he is known as from the priestly line. And guess what? His wife Elizabeth, she's from the daughters of Aaron. In other words, she comes from that priestly line as well. So they both understand fully what it means to go before God. They understand the history, the rich heritage of their life before God. They're faithful, faithful people. But, verse 7, she has no child. Now, understand this. Here, here's the unfulfilled hopes and here's the hurts. Understand this, that to have a child for those of you ladies who you cannot have children and you long to have children, there's no way this pastor can know how deeply that hurt must be. But understand this, that in, that, in those days, that inside hurt is amplified enormously. One writer said this, that some of the rabbis would teach that God would excommunicate from the Jewish family a certain number of people. And number one at the list, you know what number one on the list is? Some, some rabbis taught this. Number one, a Jewish man who didn't have a wife or had a wife and had no children. If you didn't have a child in that society, you could, you could use that as grounds for divorce. All right? Here's the point. This couple is faithful before God, honoring him as best as they know how. But there are things where God has just said, no. God has just said, wait. God has just said, not now. I'll decide. But it hurts. It hurts. Some of you are there. And God sees that. Here's the sliver of hope. You ready? Read with me verses 8 through 10. You have your scriptures? You got them in front of you? All right. Here we go. Verse 8. Now, while he, Zechariah, was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. All right, here's where we begin to see the hope. God sees, thought number two, right out of the text. God sees and God acts because he is faithful and because he is wise. Because he is faithful and he is all-knowing and he is all what he knows what moves to make he sees that and he says now's the time to act let's go let's not only in John the Baptist here's an amazing thing but in Christ as well I mean this is all God is waiting God is waiting God is waiting and then he says let's go 
It's time to act. I love how dramatic God is here. The, the priests, I didn't know this till this week, honestly, I didn't. That there were, you ready for this? 18,000 plus priests who served in the temple. Did you know there were that many? I thought there was kind of like this little collection of 100, 200. 18,000. Now, they would serve two times a year. And then they'd be asked to come for the feast of the Passover and all of these things. So, so really, as we think about Zechariah serving, you know what? Zechariah could have said, you know what? God, God has forgotten me. God has abandoned me. I, I come to the temple when I come and I don't have a child. And they look at us and they talk. Is God's favor really upon him? Does God really know? What's, what are you going to do? And he serves and, and he comes. And get this, get this. Two times a year you would come and you'd serve in the temple in some way. But they would cast lots, all right? Roll the dice in some way. And it just so happened, Zechariah, they tap him on the shoulder. You're it. You get to go in. What do you mean you get to go in? You get to go in into the holy, of, into the holy place. Me? Here's the thing. A priest in his lifetime would probably get to do just once what Zechariah gets to do right here. Just one time. You get to go in and you get to offer incense. Maybe in the morning, maybe it was in the evening. But Zechariah, you, your name has been called. Go in and serve. And God has a flair for the dramatic, I believe. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes at just the right time, he sees and he acts. And so Zechariah goes walking into the temple and they're praying. And watch what happens. Let's read verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. You know what? I would feel, Paul's just for a second, I would feel the very same way. I mean, this is the Super Bowl for Zechariah, okay? This is like the kid, all right? This is like the kid who played uh, peewee football and longed to, to play in the NFL and he worked his way through high school, worked his way through college and he finally gets on the NFL team and this is Super Bowl day. This is when he, he goes running out of the tunnel for the Super Bowl and suddenly an angel comes in and says, Zechariah. And you know what my first thought would be? I blew it. What did I do wrong, right? I totally blew the Super Bowl. I messed up. And the angel says, no, 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 no. No. God sees. God sees you, Zechariah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Look what he says. There appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. Verse 12. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Let me repeat that. Your prayer has been heard. God knows. God sees. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy, and there will be gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. 
And he must not drink wine or strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him, the Lord, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So the angel shows up and Zechariah is scared as you and I would be and he says, don't be afraid. Zechariah, listen to me. Listen. Quit shaking. It's okay. God has heard. God has heard. He sees and he's been waiting. And Zechariah, I have the privilege of coming to you and telling you because... Because of God's grace. And you're waiting. The time has come. Thought number three this morning. Faithfulness. Faithfulness doesn't force the hand of God. But it puts us in a position to receive from the hand of God. Understand what I'm saying here. Faith, Zechariah's faithfulness did not force God to move. If I do A, you will do B, God. If, God, I do this and I come to church and I give my money and I do everything, then you must answer. That's not the point of this text. But all through the scriptures, if we're faithful before God, dependent upon... If, in, this, in the scriptures, all the time we see this. God has pity. God sees. God recognizes those who are humble and low and faithful before him. God rejects those who are proud. And he will respond to the humble, but he will put away those who are arrogant against him. And Zechariah, every day, goes and, and, and endures. And he's been praying. I don't know how long he's been praying. Did Zechariah pray that morning? God, we're old. We can't have a child, but you can do a miracle. I don't think he did. But here's the amazing thing. Here's what one writer said. I thought this was so good. He said, listen, his prayer perhaps has changed. This faithful man, knowing that the desire of his heart would not be met, his wife is crushed. They live this existence. Does God even favor them? Is God's hand even on them? They keep being faithful before him. And his prayer perhaps shifts. God, we can't have a son. That's okay. But bring the Messiah. Because the angel just gets done saying, Zechariah, you're going to have a son. And he's, there's going to be joy. There's going to be gladness. But guess what? Your son is going to trigger the Messiah. Your son is going to trigger the gospel coming to Israel and to the ends of the earth. Everything you've heard about, Zechariah, everything you've studied in the past, I'm using you because you've been faithful. You're going to receive this incredible news. And so as you have waited, I have been working, Zechariah, and now's the time. Get ready to receive this incredible news because I'm about to do something amazing. Wow, just because, just because he's faithful. Now God will act in his grace and do anything God wants to do. Praise God for the gospel of Jesus that came to me, not because I was faithful, but because I was an enemy of God. And in my sin, God reached down to me. Isn't it interesting that I love this picture of Christmas there in the temple. Zachariah comes, comes before the the altar symbolizes the, the, the sacrifice, the cross. 
And there in that same room as he wanders in, only one time in his lifetime, he wanders in to burn incense. And he, 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 that incense goes up before God and there's the lampstand, there's the light. Jesus would be the light of the world. There's the bread. I am the bread of life. Isn't all this symbolism is beautiful as Zechariah reaches up, but God reaches down. Maybe that's the, the story you need to hear today. You're not even connected to God. You don't even have this relationship with God. You can't even talk about a hole in your heart that the Father, you don't know the Father. Maybe today, this is the day in which you'll step out and open your heart and your life to Christ and just give Him your, your, your life and your sin. Beautiful imagery there. Zechariah, I believe, has been faithful. Verse 6, walking blamelessly, righteous. He's been faithful. He's been serving. He's ready to receive. You know, this past week, a friend of ours told us that he's going to be a grandfather for the very first time. There's great joy in his voice as he said that, and we rejoiced with him. And he, then he said this. He said, on my watch, I, he said, I put the date on there. <laughs> this guy's fired up, man. He put the date on there. Whatever the date is in the summertime. And he said, here's what I'm doing. He says, every time I look down at my watch and I see that date that is on there. I'm gonna, it's going to remind me that every single day I'm going to do something that will allow me to be everything that I can be as a grandfather for that little child. Isn't that cool? Every day. Now, now we don't know the birth of whatever it is that God, that you're asking God to do. We don't, we don't know. I don't know if it will ever be there. Hebrews 11 says that some, did, some, some were, were martyred, some were killed, but we're going to receive God's grace together, God's blessings together at the end of time. I, I don't know what the birth date on your, uh, on, on your watch might be. This is where faith comes in, but are you living in such a way where there is this incredible humility before God, faithfulness before God, or is there bitterness? Is there anger? Is there kind of rebellion against God because he hasn't responded to me because I'm in this situation? I'm just going to kind of look the other way. Where's your heart? And maybe the Holy Spirit this morning is saying there's a birth that's going to happen somewhere down the road. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to give you false hope. That's my biggest fear. But I do believe God will act and he'll do something in you. Are you ready? Because your faithfulness cannot force God's hand. But it sure can make you ready to receive. So watch what happens. Verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Notice he called himself old in her advanced in years. I like that little touch of class there. That was good. That was good. And the angel answered him, I'm Gabriel. Look at this next line. We blow through this stuff at Christmas time. Look, look at this. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you the good news, the uh, euangelion, the, the gospel. The first time we see the word gospel in Luke is not about Jesus. It's about, about good news coming to Zechariah there in the temple. 
Good news is, is what a messenger in the first century would come, whether it was from Rome. Hey, I got good news. I've got the euangelion. I've got the gospel. Rome has won. Whatever it is, right? We rejoice. All right, here's the good news. But notice Zechariah's response when the angel told him these things. I mean, from the mouth of God. Picture that. Gabriel, I stand in the presence of Almighty God. And I have now come to you. And I'm saying this to you. And Zechariah's response. Look, I, I, I think, I think I, I'm a merciful guy. I, I like, I'm okay. I'm, I want to give pity to people, okay? I want to give pity to Zechariah. I would say the same thing. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Angel shows up. Oh, by the way, you're going to have a child. Congratulations. What? Wait, 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 wait. We're way past childbearing age. How can this? You've got you've to show me something more. I would say the same thing. And the angel says, you know what? You better believe it. Because it's from the very mouth and presence of God. Forethought this morning. Here's a caution. When God gives a heavenly answer... Don't try and squeeze it into a human mold. When God speaks, that's a big win. Or if God speaks, you've got to know when he speaks. You've got you to be in the word. You're coming up on transition. You're coming up on a relationship problem. You're walking through career issues, whatever it might be. And you're saying, Lord, here's my hope. Here's my heart. Are you in the word? Are you hearing from the word? Are you hearing from other believers? Is the, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, teaching and preaching? Listen, here's an example for you. This past week in our ministerial meeting, we heard that there are families here that are thinking about long-term Mission work, giving their lives to mission. There's nothing that I get more excited about than people coming to Christ or people giving their lives to get the gospel out. If God has spoken to you, listen, I say this. I don't, I don't come down on you. I just simply, with a word of encouragement, if God is saying something to you, believe it. Believe it. If God is speaking to you in a certain area, quit that relationship. Um, uh, Leave that job. Take that. If you are praying, God is speaking to you. Don't take a heavenly answer. Here's what we do when we try and squeeze it in a human mold. That can't be. It's impossible. For God, everything is possible, right? The heavenly answer is um, now is that, well, are you sure now is that? Give, give me just a couple more weeks. Any of you like that? Can, can I just have a couple more weeks to process this and think this through a little bit? Then I'll be ready. Delay. A change. Okay, halfway. No, 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 no. Here's what the angel does, verse 20. He says, okay, um, uh, Zechariah, because you don't believe, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. He didn't believe. He took heaven's answer and he said it couldn't be. Let's give him a break. Pity, mercy, all of that, yes. But when it comes from God himself... And we try and change or reshape or redirect or delay. That's unbelief. So Zechariah can't speak. <laughs> he comes home from the office that day. He can't talk. He's, he's trying to write. What's wrong? Zechariah he comes out of the temple and everyone's, Zechariah, you okay? You okay? You've seen a vision. You see something happened. How would you li wives like it if... Your husband comes home from the office and he can't speak. No, don't answer that question, all right? Don't even, don't, you know. And here's correction. And for nine months, for nine months, Zechariah is 
gets quiet. And he will know that when God speaks, it's his way, his time. He learns. He learns. We don't have time to go through the entire chapter through the rest of the story. That's your job. You go home and read chapter 1. Here's what happens though. The baby is born and all the mamas and aunts and all the grandmamas are around Elizabeth. Hey, what you going to name the kid? You got to name it after one of, the, one of the family members. Any of your family members like that? You got to name it after grandpa. You got to name it after great, great uncle Joe. You know, he's a great guy. And, and Elizabeth's like, no, no, no. It's not. And Zacharias writes, his name's John. He got it. <laughs> his name's John, I believe. Heaven's answer said it. I'm going with it. <laughs> Here it is. And his mouth was opened. And he could speak. And people marveled all around. And he writes this incredible song. Or he preaches this incredible sermon. It's there in Luke chapter 1. Your assignment is to go home and read it. And the first words out of his mouth in this song or this sermon that he writes is blessed, happy, content. Are you, Lord, we, we bless you, but your blessing has come down to me because you have rescued me. Now, here's the amazing thing, all right? Thought number five. God works in our waiting. Here's the end of the story. I'm going to fast forward you to the end. In order for his answer to be this. You ready? Our greatest good and God's greatest glory. He wants to put those two together. He's not out to make you happy. He's not out to make you comfortable. He's not to make you content. He's not here to say from here on out, my life is mapped out beautifully. I've got it all together. God works in the waiting because here's what he's after. You're wondering, your greatest good and his greatest glory. Because here's the key that turns this whole engine. You ready? Here's the key. God works and God waits so that our desires, our unfulfilled hopes, all of those things we long for, we take our hands off the wheel and we say, God, our desires are your desires. We want what you want. We want your glory. And God is so gracious. Give Zachariah and Elizabeth a child. Can you, can you imagine? I mean, Instagram, Twitter, social media, man, that place blew up. It says word just spread all throughout Judea. But then Zechariah doesn't get on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and goes, man, we're so happy. It's all about us. Man, we knew and we could pull this out, right? And he couldn't pull it off. He said, God has visited this couple and he's allowing this couple as we waited and as we suffered and as we endured, he Use this couple to bring about a son who will pave the way for the Messiah and light and salvation and the gospel will come to Israel and to the ends of the earth. And God in our waiting has chosen us to be just a little part of this. And God has worked for our greatest good. We couldn't imagine. We couldn't do this on our own. But God has chosen us. We give our boy to, to him and to, and to Christ. 
Elizabeth, when Mary comes and they visit one another, Elizabeth is a little bit ahead of her and her due date, and Mary comes and the baby, John the Baptist, inside leaps in her womb, and Elizabeth doesn't say, how do you like your old cousin, Mary? We pulled this thing off. She says, no, 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 it's not about me. It's not about John the Baptist. It's about the Christ that is in you. And here is the point. God works in your waiting because he wants your greatest good, which is to be like Christ, so that Christ might be made known to everyone. That's why he's waiting. That's why he's working. That's why you endure. So here's the word as we close. Be faithful. Be faithful. Make yourself available. God, if you, if you were to birth this thing today, I want to be faithful. If you were to birth this thing on my deathbed, I'm still humble and faithful before you. God, if when I walk into heaven and all of my hurts and all of the pain is gone, at least I will be in heaven. Is that your attitude? Be faithful. Be humble. Be submissive. Let him shape and let him direct. Be persistent. Be prayerful. Your prayer has been heard. What are you praying for? If God responded, I heard someone say, if God responded to the prayers of this past week in your life, what would the answer be? If God gave you everything you prayed for this week, what would you have? Be persistent. One last story and then we're done. This past week, you remember when it was, I'm going to trip here and I'm going to fall. It's going to be really embarrassing. This past week, you remember when it was really cloudy? And we get in the car on the way to school. I take my kids to school, uh, I think, four days a week. Love having them in the car with me. Um, the 15-year-old wants to drive now. <laughs> um, but love getting in the car with them and just <laughs> winding to school. And this particular day was really, really cloudy. And they were like, Dad, why is it so cloudy? And I made up some scientific answer that I thought I, you know, would try and fool them. But they, they know better. Dad isn't a scientist, right? I don't know why it's cloudy. Temperature, what, humidity, whatever. And we come out of our intersection, we look to the left and we look to the right, and yeah, it really was cloudy. You couldn't see a whole lot. Now, what was my kids' response to all of that? You know, they could have run out to the car and they, they could have said, Dad, 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 you know what? It's too foggy, it's too cloudy, we don't want to go to school. But wait a second. School hasn't canceled yet. They haven't changed the time yet. The destination is the same. The time remains the same. All that has happened is the fog has rolled in. Get in the car, let's go. But they didn't do that. They just got in the car. Right? They didn't go screaming out, oh, at the intersection, Dad, there's no, we can't see anyone coming to the left or to the right. Oh, Mom, Mom, help us. They didn't go running back. They didn't do any of that. My 15-year-old didn't grab the wheel. Hey, Dad, you know what? I got it. Here's my chance. Let's go. Let's go. It's foggy. It's cloudy. It's, I don't know. Give me the control. Let me just take this, Dad. I think I can get us there. Uh-uh. What do they do? They just let Dad drive. For some of you, the, the destination hasn't changed. The timing hasn't changed. It's just the fog is in. Just let your father drive. Come to him. Be faithful, persistent, humble. Father, you take it. Let's pray. Father, we do indeed thank you for this text. 
how the word just is so powerful when we just sit down in it and learn from your spirit. And I pray this morning, here's my heart, Lord, you know this. There's life change. That heaven is changed because of this day and your word and your spirit. That families and lives are changed. That perhaps there's someone here who the hole in their heart is not a, a hurt that is distant from their father. They don't even know the father. They're not, they're not even part of the family of God. So I pray that you would call, call, speak to the one that doesn't know Christ. Break their heart over their sin, but then put it back together through the incredible grace of Jesus. And Lord, for hurting moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and hurting students right now, Lord, may they see the grace of God come to a, a person whose heart is faithful before you. Thank you for how you speak. Take your word. And as Jesus did with the 5,000, multiply it in ways. Take the bread of life and multiply it. Multiply it. Multiply it. Feed us for the glory of Christ. In whose name we pray. Amen. And amen.